Hey, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this day 21 of month 6, 2023. Our Wednesday meditation will begin right now. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Most folks think that's a joke, but we really don't know where y'all are. And, uh, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, I hear all of you bright, smiley faces. Mm, sleepy face. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to my lovely bed of sleep mm. in a very few moments. Uh, had a long night last evening with all of these fine politicians, and now I'm ready to go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah. So we we already know who didn't did what, and so now our morning time of prayer is to is to. Uh, you know, I used to be at a point where. I had a, a preacher friend, I should say this, who uh, after every election, he'll say, uh, we know who won last night. Now we pray that uh, the Lord's will will be done in their lives. And I said, why do we keep lying to people like that every year? You know these people don't care nothing about God's will. But what I do pray is that we will find peace individually as I shared with someone last evening that we will find uh, opportunity that despite who might have these positions that we can find ways to continue to better ourselves and uh, the world around us. Those are the things that you can do that we individually can follow the Lord's will. And don't even worry about what they're going to do because you already know in many cases what they are going to do. They ain't going to do nothing. So we already know that. So I'm not going to sit here and waste my blood pressure on hoping, as my granny then would say, hoping against hope. So that that's what I have to say about that. Uh, elections are won, elections are lost. They really don't mean a hill of beans. Uh, but uh, it's it's the individual people that make up our world and our churches and so forth and so on. And so we pray for individuals today. We pray for hearts today. Uh, Mom Bell is not with us. She must be dealing with a lot of the caucus meetings and stuff. You know, she's been dealing with all those caucuses, and she ain't as young as she usually is. But in in fairness, or in 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 the truth, should I say, Mama Bell kind of stays up and listens to all that, and kind of tries to figure out what's going on and, and different things. And and uh, I'm not saying that's where she is today. I don't really know what's going on in her business. We will talk about that some other time, but. Uh, she's just not with us, and I know that she's interested in those things. So just keep Mama Bell in your prayers, and and I'm sure we will find her returning safely on Sunday. So my dear grandmother will open us in prayer, and then we will 
have what is on our minds here in just a few moments. Most holy and all wise Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, O God, as you woke us up to another beautiful day, and we said thank you. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. All that we need, God, you have provided it for us, and we tell you thank you. We thank you, God, for loving us. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you, O God, for all you do for us, God. Help us to realize, God, that we are loved by you. You love us so much that we are your children, and we just said thank you. Be ever with us all today, God. You know all about every situation, every problem, every disappointment, every heartache. You know it all. And help us to rest in you, knowing that all power is in your hand, knowing that you see it all, hear it all, and understand it all. And we can just trust you. Help us to lean on you. Help us to lean not on our own understanding, but help us to lean on you and trust you this day. Take us through this day, God. Shine on us, God. Put a smile on our face, God, and joy down in our hearts. And we just said thank you this morning. Bless this radio audience. Bless, Lord Jesus. Look on those that are sick, those in the hospital. Look on those people everywhere. Take care of God. And we just said thank you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. And the second is as great as the first. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. I find it interesting that the Bible is very strategic in its approach. It's very carefully laid out. It's crafted. It's manipulated, if you please, in such a way that it recognizes the importance of each line. It recognizes the significance of each story. It recognizes the importance of each event. There are so many different events, so many different stories, so many different people, places, and things that the Bible and its crafters had to be very careful and very meticulous about how and what made the cut, if you please. That being said, I... I find it interesting that with all the different stories and all the different sayings and all the different sila moments, you had one particular piece that made it in the Bible verbatim twice. It was in the great Ten Commandments with the Law of Moses, and then it was fulfilled and reiterated in the Resurrection is what I want to say. 
And the redemption is the next word I was looking for. Thank you for allowing me to blunder. The redemption and resurrection story, along with the mosaic story and the exodus story, all centered around the same two verses. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and the second is as great as the first. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. The thing that interests me is because I am of the impression that despite all the different things that could have replaced, at least in one spot, this particular verse, the reason it's put there is because it must reiterate in both sections those who are fundamentalists, those who are traditionalists, those who are conservative, if you will, the conservative, the, 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 uh, the old oligarch had one way of thinking. And then you got the progressives, the liberals, the New Age, the New Testament, Christians. You got these two bodies, these two entities who literally see the world on two different playing fields, who look at it from two different perspectives, and yet they all find themselves sitting around the same ideology, the same ideal, and the same idea. Love God and love people. One argues that if you follow in this reality, the rest of the book is just a bunch of hoopla. There really is no other reason for the other 60-some-odd books. If you just follow these one, this one verse that is quoted twice, love God and love people. Brother James had an argument one day. He said in conjunction, in, in, in somewhat of a confused state, he said, listen, how can you love God who you have not seen? The argument to this suggests that people was all into God. I love God. I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a child of the king. All the different things that go into being a good standing Christian, but they hated their brother. How can you love God who you've not seen? And you feel that people do not deserve the proper necessities, the proper resources as a citizen. Oh, I know you disagree with some of their uh, methods or some of their decisions. I know you disagree with abortion. I know you disagree with homosexuality. I know you disagree with uh, same-sex attraction and all these different things that are out there in the streets. I know you think all of those go or you believe all of those go against your core beliefs and your idea and ideals, and, and I'm not here to try to convince you to change. But love God and love people. Now, before you go where that has no connection, well, I would like to submit to you for consideration that maybe there is. 
You heard in the scriptures over in the love chapter where they said love covers a multitude of faults. So if homosexuality is a fault, love should cover it. If same-sex attraction is a fault, love should cover it. If abortion is a fault, love should cover it. Love God and love people. Then the other thing that interests me is this overarching voice, if you please. You've been down there to the church on numerous occasions where the preacher gets up. That's one of the reasons why I really don't like this job. Because they get up and do all that fussing. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever they get an opportunity, they fuss it. Well, the church needs to do this, and the church needs to do that. The body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Anybody ever ask the question? If the body of Christ needs to do so much, why we got all these independent churches and these egocentric organizations. If the body of Christ is so messed up, why don't we close down two, three churches, combine them into one? Why? If the body of Christ can do, then why, why we got every different organization and I got to have my organization because you, I got to have my soup kitchen because if I don't do it right, you, you don't do it right. So I'm going to do my soup. Why, why we can't come together and have a gigantic, if the body of Christ, But I've come to the conclusion that that's nothing more than a smoke screen. That's nothing more than a bunch of yapping. And you say, well, Eric Baird, uh, uh, I, I think that you just uh, making an assumption. Well, what other thing do I have? I hear one thing and see another. That can drive you trying. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you're just sitting there shaking your head and you're just going mentally insane in some cases because you hear what they tell you, but then you're looking at what they're saying. Doing something else. And it don't add up. Yeah. As the yeah. man said to me last night, he said, stop peeing in my face and telling me it's raining. And so when you want to know why folks don't come to church, I was having a conversation with my dear aunt last night, and she said, Eric, can you tell me why my church is dying? I said, I can tell you. They're tired of being lied to. They're tired of being looked at. See, see I, I, I thank God. Well, well, I don't know how I wanted to say this. That just came out, but we're going to thank them anyway. But can I say something that may... Uh, well, I'm just going to say it. And I ask you to just, I ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Old folks took stuff that young folks ain't going to take. Old folks ain't going to sit around with a lying preacher. Old folks ain't going to get up and live in hypocrisy drinking on Saturday and then get up on Sunday and go cuss the folks out like they ain't did nothing wrong. Old folks took it. Young folks just going to call you lying wonders and they're not coming back. 
And so the question that bothers me is, are you more interested in people getting saved? Are you more interested in people coming to Jesus? Because if that's the case, then maybe we should change the approach at the church instead of telling the church or the people to just change their view. What am I saying? Well, don't look at what they're doing over there. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, maybe we should stop what they're doing over there. Maybe we should call out what's going on over there. We had an issue where the Southern Baptists are having a debate right now because the Southern Baptists believe that women do not deserve certain rights. Not only do they don't believe that they deserve the right to, to choose over their bodies and the doctors, they don't believe that they deserve the right to spread the gospel. And if we don't come together and decide that that's a moment of oppression, what happens when all the women and all the young people leave the church? What's going to be there left? Ain't going to be nothing there but a bunch of cobwebs. And so the reality of it is we have lived in a, in a state of, well, it'll work itself out. It ain't going to work itself out. They'll figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. They're getting tired, and they're quitting. And the faith is going down the tube, not because God is not popular, not because the principles of God is not sane, not because people don't want to come to church, not because people don't want to have nothing to do with God, but people are sick and tired of church folk. And so I ask myself every day, is, am I living a life that makes people not want me around? Am I presenting myself in a way that folks can pick holes in my life and call me hippie? Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to get it right all the time. We, we're human beings, which that is the goodness of being human. There was a song they used to sing back in the church. They used to tell them, roll back the curtains of memory now and then. They asked the Lord to show them where he brought them from and where they could have been. And then they had a moment of confession. That is the hard reality in church. The first thing to dealing with the problem is first admitting you got one. That's not only in church. That's just basic psychology. When I first admit that there's a problem, then I can begin the process to recovery. What is the problem? In our moment, the problem was that they understood and they recognized that they were humans. And humans 
forget. That makes sense to me why Brother Timothy had a conversation with Brother Paul who told him, he said, Timothy, you got to keep reminding the people. You got to keep putting them in remembrance of who they are and where they came from. Last night, Andrea McClellan, you know what happened with her. She lost. And her campaign manager or one of her campaign workers, I don't know his position, don't really care, to be honest with you. Uh, But we had a conversation last night, and we had a very, very long hug. And he said to me, he said, Eric, I'm all right. I said, no, you're not. You're lying to yourself. You tell that to these other folks, they never run for office. You tell it to these other folks, they never been in the fire. You tell it to these other folks, they never been shot. See, folks can sit in the pews and tell you how you feel, but when you're the one getting shot, when you're the one standing in front of the firing squad, And I said, there's nobody in this room that knows how you feel like you and I. Because ain't nobody been there before. You don't know what it's like to give all you got. And people tell you you opinionated or you got, you got high views or, or that's just your point of view. Or, and you out there giving everything you got. And they sitting at the house, twiddling their thumbs, won't even go vote. Nobody knows that pain until you've been there. Oh, it's easy to go to church and sit in the back row and tap your toes and clap your hands. But you ain't there when the man got to figure out how to keep the lights on. You're not there when a little crack come in the roof and he got to figure out how to pay that. Won't even pay tithes. And that's not fussing. I'm just bringing awareness to what goes on in the people who actually have to get in the fight's mind. Me and my uncle used to have discussions. The church used to run like this and the church should run like that. And I told my uncle one day, I said, my dear uncle, it's easy to say that when you roll in the door at 11 and roll out at 12, 15. But show up at 8 o'clock and stay till 5. Come to the business meeting Monday morning. When I left the black church, if you will, I wanted to go to the white church to explore, to see what was going on. And and I went and told my grandmama. My grandmama said uh, to me, she said, where you go? I want to go there. She says, all right, baby. I said, there's nice people over there. My grandmama said, yes, just stay in the back of the church and you'll see how nice they are. But don't move to the front. Don't try to be on the board. Don't try to lead nothing. 
Oh, that's where you become the know-it-all. That's where you become the sellout. That's where you become the show-off. When you try to lead the board, that's when you think you're better than everybody. And all you're trying to do is give the best you can to do the best that's within you. But because there's two pieces missing, love God and love people. We have bickering and fights and wars and and this one can't stand that one and this one don't want to be around that one and you are not prestigious enough for me to work with. All that happens under the big steeple. And nobody has done anything about it. And so now you have a generation who feels that God is the one who did it when it's not God. I sat in church and watched. Sometimes I asked myself, what could I have done differently? Maybe if I had been more aware, more vocal at that point in time when I watched people get hurt and slaughtered at the altar of self-righteousness and at the altar of egotism. Maybe you beat yourself up about it until you realize that you did what you did then and that's all you knew. But now we know differently. Now we see through a new glass. So the question is not what happened yesterday. The question is what can I do today? That's why I made the statement in the beginning that, yes, we go to vote. Voting is important. Voting says a lot of different things. A lot of things were said in that election last night. I'm not going to spend the time here. We could definitely talk about it some other time if you're interested. But there was a lot of things. I, I woke up this morning, and I went and, and, and looked at the numbers by precinct. A lot of things were said if you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section. But at the end of the day, it's just an election. That person who won last night, you just get a good candidate, you'll beat her tomorrow. Elections mean only what we do individually is what counts. I don't need an election to feed my brothers and sisters who are hungry. I don't need an election to educate my brothers and sisters who do not have access and do not have opportunity. I don't need an election to help people go and walk and work out their different ailments through uh, different exercises. I don't need an election. And I certainly don't need a position as the old folk would say, cry loud and spare not. This morning, 
or afternoon or evening, however this finds you, as Brother Dennis comes to pray. My focus and my mission here is, I hope you heard it, was twofold. The only mission that matters in this world, love God and love people. If you love God with all your heart and people with same, the rest just falls in line. My dear brother Dennis, Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come to hear your word. Lord, we know that uh, the Bible is always right in what it says and always true. Love love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love, love your neighbor as much as you love God. We all find that hard to do sometimes. We have to start somewhere, right? So think about that. Look around. Look around. See your neighbors. Profess love to them. Not maybe verbally, but at least physically by the things you do and the things you show them. Father God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that you love us no matter who we are, no matter what we are. You will always love us, but we have to remember that. You you provide the, uh, uh, the, the, you show us what we should do. You tell us what we should do. It's up to us to follow you in what we do. So we ask that you give us that guidance and that knowledge that we should love as God has told us to do. We thank you again for this time together. Be with us. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy. But most of all, keep us in your loving arms. In your holy name, amen and amen. God bless. Have a great week.